0: Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Well, we've made it to the end of the week. (laughs) Yes, it is time for FOMO Friday, the fear of missing out. We have the cure because we bring you all of the different stories that you may have missed especially if you're not watching corporate media and uh, we're going to make sure that you don't miss out on what you need to know and uh, we're going to start out this week with house dems shield hunter biden from corruption probe despite national security concerns this is kind of interesting the house democrats voted tuesday to protect hunter biden Yes, the son of the president from a probe of the alleged influence peddling schemes revealed by his abandoned laptop. You remember that he left a laptop at a uh, repair shop and just didn't pick it up. <laughs> and so, because uh, he didn't pay his bill either, uh, then obviously it became property of that shop. Now, the House Oversight Committee voted along straight party lines to kill a resolution of inquiry proposal by Representative James Comer. He's a Republican from Kentucky. Now, the proposal followed a steady drip of text messages and emails from the the laptop that appeared to implicate President Joe Biden's son as well as one of his brothers and even raise questions about what Biden himself knew about the potential corruption. I mean, obviously... It has in there that he's getting a cut of this dirty money. Now, Democrats are continuing in their coordinated effort to shield a potentially compromised president, Comer said after the vote. The Kentucky lawmaker has warned that revelations from the laptop uh, paint the entire Biden family as a national security threat. The computer, which was abandoned at a Wilmington, Delaware, uh, computer repair shop, contains photos, videos, emails, text messages, which paint the president's son as a uh, drug-addicted, venal degenerate, but also raises troubling questions about President Joe Biden's own role in his son's corrupt dealings. Now, here's here's the the quote quote President Biden's family peddles uh, access to the highest levels of government to enrich themselves, often at the expense of the U.S. interests. Now, this is what Comer said before the the, the vote. He said quote We need to know if President Biden has received a cut from these." shady foreign business deals, and if President Biden or his immediate family has. That is a national security threat, and he may be compromised. Obviously, it looks like he definitely is. Now, the House vote came after 33 Republican senators asked Attorney General Merrick Garland to appoint a special counsel in the matter, and while Democrats have managed to shield the Bidens for now, Republicans have been poised to Obviously recapture the House and possibly the Senate even too in November, in which case some kinds of congressional investigation definitely seems to be all but certain. Quote: even if no criminal acts are charged, the foreign dealings of the Hunter and his uncle were clearly corrupt and leveraged access to Joe Biden to acquire windfall payments from governments and their surrogates. George Washington University law professor Jonathan Turley uh, wrote in his, in his blog, quote, there is no good faith basis to refuse to investigate such a scheme designed to influence U.S. policy and policymakers. I mean, in other words, why would you not investigate, especially knowing everything that we know to this point. Hunter Biden uh, accompanied his father on overseas trips when the elder Biden was vice president from obviously 2008 to 2016 and struck lucrative deals with energy companies and investors in China and Ukraine and all of this stuff. We know all of this. Why would you not investigate it? President Biden in an interview that aired on CBS 60 Minutes Sunday said that his son's dealings had no effect on national security. What? (laughs) Really? No effect? Quote, there's not a single thing that I've observed at all from that would affect me or the United States relative to my son Hunter, Biden said. (laughs) President Biden has previously insisted that he and his son never discussed any of Hunter Biden's business dealings. Of course, that's a claim refuted by photos and messages on the laptop and White House visitor logs and the claims of Tony Bobolinsky, a, f- a former Hunter um, Biden associate who, who identified the president as the big guy who who Hunter Biden's emails referred to as uh, getting a cut of this foreign business deal. So we have all of this on the laptop and yet we're not going to investigate. I mean, the FBI whistleblowers have come forward to tell GOP lawmakers that the Bureau's top brass shut down any investigations into the laptop, which it obtained late 2019. Yeah. So as not to affect, of course, they said the 2020 election, we, we don't want to look into this because that might affect the 2020 election. Well, yeah. I mean, a recent poll by um, Technometric uh, Institute of Policy and Politics suggests that 79% of Americans believe President Trump likely would have won re-election if voters had known about the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop. And the fact that it was it was authentic. The, the legacy media parroted Democrat claims uh, that the laptop first revealed by the New York Post was part of a Russian disinformation plot. That's what they said. But in recent months, of course, outlets, outlets such as the New York Times and, and Washington Post have grudgingly admitted that the laptop is authentic. Although they have not really conducted meaningful reporting on its contents, now, I would say this that this is why the the trust in our government agencies is at an all-time low. I mean, when you when you look not just the FBI, but but just look at the FBI. The FBI is supposed it is, is, is supposedly, um, supposed to, to investigate on a nonpartisan type of basis, you, we, just the facts, ma'am, type thing, right? Um, but the FBI is suppressing evidence here that proves that the Biden family is corrupt and compromised. And yet the top brass is saying, nope, we're not going to investigate that. Yes, we have the contents of the laptop. No, we're not going to investigate. You know, and yet they they take agents off of child abuse cases to ransack Trump's place at Mar-a-Lago. I mean, it, this is just a a very political, partisan, um, j- just partisan type of thing that's going on here. And this is why the trust in these government agencies is definitely at an all-time low. They can't put this off forever, though. Uh, the The red wave is coming. And there's going to be some accountability. Well, let's move on. Democrats' dilemma. This is something that, that I've been talking about for a little while, and I and I, I thought this was a really interesting piece. Um, obviously, these these come from the Daily Wire, and and what uh, and some of the articles that they had there. And and this one jumped out at me because this is something I've been talking about for a little while. And, and and it's really interesting because they the Democrats have a really big dilemma. How do they dump Kamala Harris, our vice president, and not seem racist or sexist? I mean, they kind of put themselves in a pickle here. Ever since Kamala Harris joined the 2020 Democratic presidential ticket, top members of the of the party have been trying to figure out what to do with her. And and what to do with her in in the 2024 or at least 2028 right uh, elections? Very early on in the in the Biden Harris administration, her approval ratings just cratered. They just they just dumped. They just fell off a, off a cliff, and and it has really never rebounded. She she elicits so little fear in in other Democrats, even though she's the Vice President. Gov- California governor Gavin Newsom brazenly announced this week that that he's reportedly 100% in for the nomination should Biden not run again. So he doesn't he doesn't care about Kamala. So if Biden's not going to run, well I'm running. Yeah, I don't care about the vice president. But Democrats are are all about identity politics. I mean, that's their big deal, right? And Harris is both Female and part black, so how can anyone challenge her without seeing, you know, being seen like like they're racist or or misogynist? Harris is already playing the race and the sex card, and and really has been from the beginning of her lengthy career in politics. "Quote: I have a problem, guys." with that phrase, identity politics. This is what Harris told the progressive gathering uh, Netroots Nation before the 2018 midterm elections. Quote, because let's be clear, when people say that, it's a pejorative. The phrase is used to divide and it is used to distract. Its purpose is to minimize and marginalize issues that impact us all. It is used to try to shut us up. That's what she has to say. So she's already pulling the cards, right? After Biden's train wreck interview on 60 Minutes this week, it's clear he won't be able to handle the job come 2024. Sure. I mean, obviously, probably not even, you know, even now he's not handling the job. And so sure, Democrats want to hold power so badly that they'd prop him up in the Oval Office uh, kind of all a la weekend at Bernie's, right? If they if they could, but the but the economy will likely still be a mess even even by then. So he would he'd, he'd be smart to rid off, um, you know the 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 office and and just just go riding into the sunset to, at at age eighty two. Well, that means a lot of Democrats are already jockeying for. 2024. And, and like Newsom, other Democrats aren't the least bit worried about bashing Harris. <laughs> Former Democratic California State Senator Gloria Rom- uh, Romero said in an interview on Fox News last week that Harris is using President Joe Biden to run for president in 2024. Well, duh. <laughs> Let's face it, Joe Biden is Kamala Harris' meal ticket to potentially the presidency, said said Romero. And she is a is a a, a former state majority leader uh, from about I think it was two thousand five to two thousand eight. Quote: She needs to go ahead and to keep putting out there for the public and especially potential other opponents that Joe Biden is running because the longer that people can believe that myth, the greater the opportunity is that no other contender like Newsom or Pete Buttigieg or even Hillary Clinton might step into the fray. This is what Romero added. Now, it, it didn't really work because if, if that was the strategy, it didn't work. Since since then, Newsom has already jumped in. I mean, he's already said, I'm running if, if Biden isn't. Liberal outlets are also playing up the identity politics uh, uh, type of thing. I mean, um, effectively war- warning off any say, white males from trying to swoop in and, and run against a black woman or you know, who, who you know, happens to be the incumbent vice president. Quote, there's a quiet frustration among some of Harris's allies about the consistently negative tone of her coverage. This is um, New York Mag uh, wrote this in, 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 well, it was past this past May in a piece uh, headlined, there was, uh, there has to be a backup plan there's a backup plan, right? <laughs> one of the one of the better uh, uh, highlights there. But it, it said in that article quote they they point out that women leaders, especially women of color, are too often criticized as hostile and unlikable. If you have encouraged Harris and her new staff to fight back more aggressively against the barely uh, coded racist and and sexist attacks that she received regularly from right-wingers. Some wish Biden's aides would back her up more, the mag said. But Harris, who implied that that Biden was racist, actually, during the 2020 Democratic primary debate, if you remember, isn't really that close to the president. She, she got COVID back in late April, and and the White House was forced to admit that Biden wasn't in any danger. Because because the two two weren't very close and didn't have close contacts with each other, <laughs> so hey, we don't care. We don't. She can get she can get COVID because eh, the president's okay. They, they never they never share the same space, <laughs> according to several reports, um, all from liberal news outlets, of course. There's not much love between Biden and Harris, uh, that the, the two camps kind of war against each other. Last year, a pair of CNN reporters wrote an article headlined, um, Exasperation and Dysfunction Inside the Kamala Harris Frustrating Start to Vice President, uh, which which cited dozens of alleged staffers in Harris office and, and White House saying that the Veep is in deep trouble and actually has been for a long time now um you know the 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 daily mail chimed in with with uh, this they, they they said quote joe biden's relationship with kamala harris is in crisis uh, with her staff furious that she is being sidelined while the president's team are increasingly frustrated by how she is playing with the american public i mean obviously she's you know her her uh, polls have plunged like under twenty eight percent, and things. It's just, it, it's absolutely, you know, if, if there's somebody who who's polling worse than Joe, it's it's Kamala, um, and, and with with Kamala, you, you have to put up with a constant amount of soul destroying criticism, and and also her own lack of confidence. This actually, that that's not me saying this. This actually came from from a staffer of hers, then uh, and, and it said so. So you're constantly sort of propping up a bully, and it's not really clear why, <laughs> this is what the staffer said. So so the Democrats have a real problem on their hands. I mean, this is this is what I've been talking about. They put someone in place because she was a minority hire. She was a diversity hire. I mean, this is what she was. Hey, it's not me that, that said that. It is Joe Biden who said that before he even picked her. He said he was going to to nominate, uh, and select a black woman. So she's a black woman. And so he went ahead and picked her not because she was best for the job, because obviously that's not the case, but she, but, but she was picked by Biden because she was a black woman. She is a diversity hire period. And she has been for a long time now Now she, she was not placed there because she was competent. Biden picked her because she was a black woman. And, 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 and this black woman is somebody that even called him a racist (laughs) and he still picked her. So what do they do now? Well, I guess we're going to see, aren't we? (laughs) It's going to be fun. All right. Let's switch gears a little bit. DeSantis wrecks top Democrat for human trafficking remarks. Quote, I didn't hear a peep out of those people. Unquote. This is really interesting. I, I find this fascinating. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis unloaded on Representative Hakeem Jeffries, who is a Democrat from New York and chairman of the uh, House Democrats, for claiming on Tuesday that he and Texas Governor Greg Abbott were quote behaving like human traffickers. And Jeffrey's remarks came after DeSantis ignited a national media firestorm last week when he sent 50 illegal immigrants. I think actually the actual number is 48, but to Martha's Vineyard, a, a of course a really rich liberal enclave off of the, the coast of, of Massachusetts. It's where Obama, you know, spent millions of dollars buying a place, and it's it's an extremely rich area. Quote. The behavior of individuals like Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott are radical, reckless. Okay, we're gonna. Hey, we are he he picked all the R words, you know, because they all sound really good together, right? Okay, let's let let's hear what he had to say. Um, they're radical, reckless, regressive, reprehensible. <laughs> I guess he ran out of R's. Jeffries claimed during a a press conference, they should start behaving like governors and stop. Behaving like human traffickers, they are putting politics over people in most in a most egregious way possible. Well, DeSantis fired back during a press conference Tuesday afternoon, saying, "When Biden is flying these people all over the fruited plain in the middle of the night, I didn't hear a peep out of those people." "Quote: I didn't hear a peep," DeSantis continued. "I I haven't heard a peep about all the people." that have been told by Biden you can just come in and and they're going to uh, they're, they're 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 going to to be there they're they're being accused by cartels and abused by cartels they're drowning in the real ground so you had 50 that died in some shed in texas i heard no outrage about any of that i haven't heard outrage about and about all the the fentanyl that comes across the border that's killing americans in record numbers i don't hear outrage about the criminal aliens that have gotten through and have been been victimized and 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 people that have been victimizing people not only in florida but all all throughout the country i didn't hear any outrage about that the only thing I heard from them getting upset about is that you you have 50 that end up in Martha's Vineyard, and then they get really upset. <laughs> I mean, he has a point, right? And he continues on. And listen to this. He says, and I'm sorry, those migrants were being treated horribly by Biden. They were hungry, homeless. They had no opportunity at all. State of Florida, what uh, uh, um, the state? State of Florida, it was volunteer offered transport to sanctuary jurisdictions. So Martha's Vineyard is a sanctuary jurisdiction because it's our view that one, the border should be secured, and we want to have Biden. Reinstitute policies like remain in Mexico and make making sure that people aren't overwhelming the system. But short of that, if you believe in open borders, then it's the sanctuary jurisdictions that should have to bear the brunt of the open borders. So that's what we're doing. But what happened was they they were they were provided an a ability to be in the most posh sanctuary jurisdiction, maybe in the world. And obviously, it's sad that Martha's Vineyard people deported them and uh, the, the very next day, and they could have absorbed them, and they chose not to. This, this is what DeSantis said. But what it shows is, if 50 was a burden on one of the richest places in the country, what about all of these other communities that have been overrun with hundreds or thousands? And these these hundreds and thousands, I mean, there there are communities that are literally like like he says, being overrun because Biden is shipping upwards of fifteen hundred people per community to some of these small towns. It just I, they show up in the middle of the night. I mean, if you didn't, I mean. I, it shows that the that the liberals' hypocrisy is is so prevalent because they called out the military and had them detained in a military for, facility for uh, within forty eight hours. I mean, it was a brilliant move, showing that they don't care about these people. The ones that they send to small towns all across the country and, and by the thousands, they don't they, they don't they don't care about them either. It's just all about the optics. All right, uh, we we talked a little bit about that train wreck of an interview that Biden did on 60 Minutes uh, last Sunday. It aired la- last Sunday, um, and I want to talk a little bit about that because while President Joe Biden was was sipping tea and snacking on crumpets in jolly old England in uh, on Sunday, an interview he taped with CBS's 60 Minutes aired back in his home country and as they say in london blimey it was bloody bonkers <laughs> biden, biden looking every minute of his 78 years on the planet made so many uh, mistakes and misstatements and blunders in in the train wreck interview that that his white house staff just chundered and then got to work walking back much of what he said on the alarming side Biden said the U.S. would send troops to defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion. What? <laughs> we're we're going to send and and get into a land war in Asia? I mean, even Vizini in in the in the Princess Bride knows that that's a terrible idea. You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. The most famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia. So here's CBS's Scott Pelley asking Biden, so unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion? And Biden said yes. <laughs> so, I mean, the, obviously what you wanted to do is, is not commit to that. And so that obviously uncertainty Keeps people, you know, the other countries from doing stupid stuff like that, right? Kind of the Ukraine thing. I mean, obviously, Biden said to Russia that we wouldn't go in there if they invaded Ukraine, and so they did, right? It's just bad foreign policy. Then Pelly, in a, in a stunning display of actually near journalism, <laughs> he actually went there. He said, "Mr. President, as you know, last Tuesday the annual inflation rate came in at eight point three percent. The stock market." nosedived. People are shocked by their grocery bills. What can you do better and faster? Well, first of all, Biden said, let's put this in per, into perspective. Inflation rate month to month was just uh, up, up, just a, an inch, hardly at all. You're you're not arguing that the 8.3 is good news, Pelly said. No, I'm not saying it's good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. So uh, it was 8.2 before. Got it? <laughs> I mean, you're, you're acting like it sounds like all of a sudden, oh, my God, it, it went to 8.2. It's been, <laughs> Pelly had to cut in. He said, it's the highest inflation rate, Mr. President, in 40 years. And Biden said, I got that. But guess what we are? We're in position where for the last several months it hasn't spiked. It, it it's just barely, it's it's been basically even, and in the meantime, we created all these jobs. I mean, come on, this is just not true, it's just not true. And and he went on and on. It, it, it was just it was so bad. He said he even said the pandemic is over. I, I mean he, Dr Anthony Fauci had to come back a little bit later and say uh no not really. <laughs> so oh it's it's bad but I always like to end on something a little bit lighter. Sometimes we get a little heavy with some of these and I I love to 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 be a little more on the lighter side. So we're going to end this uh today with Uh, This article from AmericanWireNews.com. And it said that the executive, the CEO for a meat alternative company, Beyond Meat, charged with biting a man's nose and ripping flesh off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. In in what proved to be an awkward occurrence, (laughs) to say the least, an executive for a company pushing a vegan alternative to meat was arrested over the weekend for allegedly buying a man's nose. <laughs> Doug Ramsey, the, the chief operating officer uh, or CEO of uh, the the Beyond Meat uh, company, it's a company that makes imitation beef and chicken sausages and, and other products actually from plants, was involved in a fracas with another man in a parking lot near uh, Razorback Stadium uh, following the University of Arkansas football game. Police were dispatched to a a disturbance that had previously occurred in the stadium's uh, drive uh, parking garage, and this was reported by KNWA-TV. Uh, with the attending officer finding that two males with bloody faces were on the scene. It appears the two got into a scuffle when the other man tried to inch in front of Ramsey and was facing, uh, he he was basically, Ramsey was not going to have any of that. Uh, The officer spoke uh, with uh, both parties and a witness before determining that Ramsey had allegedly been in the traffic lane for the, um, the, uh, the structure, attempting to leave when uh, a Subaru inched its way in front of Ramsey's Bronco, making contact with the front passenger side tire. Now, Ramsey's allegedly got uh, out of his vehicle and punched through the back windshield of the Subaru. (laughs) So the owner of the Subaru then allegedly got out and and, uh, stated that Ramsey pulled him in closer uh, to, and, and started punching his body. And according to the report, Ramsey also bit the owner's nose, ripping the flesh on the tip of the nose. <laughs> so Ramsey 53 also threatened to kill the owner of the Subaru, according to witnesses and some other stuff. Anyway, it, it, uh, Beyond Meat, you know, it it, it had this big boom uh, when it originally um, peaked in, in about July of, of 2019. And Beyond Meat shares, though, have... Been trading a lot closer to to seventeen dollars uh, a share now, down from two hundred and thirty four dollars a share. They 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 are definitely on the ropes right now. But what it what it means is that uh, it it appears very difficult to go vegan. I wouldn't know. I've never tried. But anyway, just a, some uh, some food for thought. And you may agree, you may disagree, but of course you can always get a hold of us and let us know at uncommon sensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.